This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch, and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producers are Patrick Antonetti and Bob Tabador. This week, I mean, talk about two big guests. Uh, the download should be really off the charts here. Jimmy Traina is the host of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. He also writes, uh, what is the name of it? It's Traina Thoughts now, Jimmy, right? It's not Hot Clicks anymore? Correct. I that. I just, it's a little stick Correct. there. Yeah. And Chad Finn, of course, is the sports media writer for the Boston Globe and Boston.com, but he also covers the Red Sox and Patriots and all those other teams in that area. Chad, welcome back. It's been a while. I don't even know if that intro was sarcastic. I'm taking a uh, little. For you or for, the or downloads for will be off oh, yeah, the no, charts. I'm, I've, I feel very confident about this one. I feel I feel we're going to do good. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get to it, by the way. By the way, usually I do these intros prior to bringing the guests on, but today I just rolled, Jimmy. I went first take uh, You know, f- on this. Yeah, but you really you did a podcast blunder at the beginning. What I did. Because you did four, three, two, one, and you're not supposed to say the one, so you could give the person who's editing a little yeah, time. Yeah, good to, call. You're right about that. Don't edit this out, Patrick. Let my let my screw up be were, at the top. Thought, that's actually very that's very fair, were, Jimmy. I, pre- I thought you were a pro, that. but very you know. fair. Everyone's that's a producer. True. All right, Chad. We're going to start with this. I know this is um this is a little a couple weeks old, a little bit, but I want to start with you, Chad, just because this is uh, a guy who obviously was a very prominent figure in your market what did you make of um espn and paul pierce parting 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 <laughs> ways you want to call it a firing you want to call it a parting of the ways call it what you want but you know paul pierce was on their most prominent nba show i, I mean i guess the jump could be too no offense to the jump but then you know this is a major figure in their nba um on air lineup and now he's gone yeah his role had been reduced a little bit um when they let Michelle Beadle go and uh, Pearson Billups were demoted, um, demoted at the same time. I don't know if Paul saw the writing on the wall there. I reached out to him a couple of times, but I don't know if the party's still going on or what, but he, he hasn't talked about it. Um, but I, I do think he had a sense that uh, the, the job wasn't uh, quite what he expected it to be. And it wasn't going the way he expected it to. And so, you know, he made $148 million in his NBA career, presumably is a pretty good chunk of that left. Uh, he he may also have some outside options beyond this and just uh, decided uh, he didn't really, didn't really care uh, if this ended right now. Uh, I think what ultimately did him in and made them decide to fire him, and I thought they would do it sooner than they actually did. That was what a Friday night, and they did it. Uh, news broke on it Monday evening, if I remember right. Um, he... Uh, Rachel Nichols' name was mentioned in the comments on there. Uh, not r- as really crudely, but that's the kind of thing you see and makes you cringe. Pierce didn't respond to it, but it just emphasizes the uh, you know what women in the business have to deal with. Uh, um, it's certainly not something Disney wants to uh, have to address or acknowledge. And so uh, I know you guys dealt with this too. ESPN didn't even comment on it. They didn't say anything about it other than I think probably confirming on background to some people that he wasn't going to be working for them anymore. And, um, you know, I, I don't think Paul was surprised and uh, frankly brought it on himself. All right. So a couple of things here, Jimmy, because I know I th- if I remember reading your uh, your column, you have a different take on this. You thought it was a in overreach by ESPN. Uh, unquestionably, like Rachel Nichols' name being in there is just uh, totally bullshit. You know, I, I would have liked for Pierce to say something, but, you know, he didn't. Here's the sort of thing that's interesting to me, Jimmy, um, because I'm not a moralist on this stuff, and, and, you know, adults can do what they want. But sort of here's the but, though. The but is Paul Pierce doesn't know he works for Disney, right? Like, he, he, he has to know somewhere that he's not working for a company um, that has different kind of corporate standards. So 
like while he has every right sort of to um to film like any kind of ig session he wants with uh uh you know partying basically um like somewhere in the back of his mind he has to know that like he does work for disney so i know that you i think you thought it was an overreach by espn and i'm one who you know almost never sort of calls for firings i mean like i know you know people know how i feel about skip bayless i've never said fox should fire him but i guess what i would say to you jimmy and i'd be curious sort of your feedback on this like no matter what like paul pierce does know who his employer is and he's not working for you know rebel radio here he's working for the walt disney world who you know has theme parks that (laughs) are trying to cater to like seven-year-olds yeah i mean listen there's absolutely no question that what he did was beyond stupid and I think he absolutely deserved a suspension. I just, I, I, I have this personal thing where I hate when it automatically goes to a firing when a crime hasn't been committed. He didn't hurt anyone else in the process of what he was doing. Yes, it is incredibly stupid to go grab your phone and put that on Instagram. There's no doubt about it. I just, you know, it's a first time offense, at least publicly that we know about. Suspend them for a couple of weeks, I thought would have been the more reasonable action to take. Obviously, though, and this is really what I wanted to get at when I wrote about it, but I'm not a good writer, so maybe it didn't come across. If that's, you know, Stephen A., Kirk Street, whoever, they're, they're not getting fired. He got fired because he wasn't really good at his job. That was a big factor in this. It's true. So, you know. Uh, some dope on Twitter replied like anyone at ESPN would get fired if they did that. That's just not true. Not true at all. So, yeah, well, that's what let me, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Jimmy. So yeah. let me go back to you, chat. Uh, you know, both of us sort of have to live with this every day in terms of covering these guys. I think train is absolutely correct. I, I, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that if Paul Pierce was a difference maker on that show. And again, there's only one Charles Barkley, but let's sort of just play this out. If Paul Pierce was ESPN's Charles Barkley, or had that kind of um, that kind of sort of impact on a broadcast, he absolutely would have been given a suspension. Disney, I think, would have tried to figure out a way to say, you know, this is not the kind of thing we want to see from our employees. We've talked to Paul. Uh, he's not going to do it again. He's not going to be on the air for the next three weeks, but but he's suspended. Do you agree with that? I, I, I you know, whether it's Stephen A. or uh, a Kirk Herbstreet or... You know, I'm trying to even think of sort of who at this point are sort of the untouchable. Mike Greenberg is certainly an untouchable at ESPN. The guy's going to be running the network soon. Um, I think any of the quote-unquote untouchables at ESPN would have gotten suspended. The difference is Jimmy's right. Paul Pierce doesn't move the needle. I'm just picturing what Greeny's version of that video would look like. <laughs> I don't know if it would be the same as Pierce's. But I, I'll give you an example um, on their depth chart over there. Paul Pierce's teammate with the Celtics, uh, Kendrick Perkins, who's Star has ascended. He's still not a, 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 a polished TV presence by any stretch, but he's one who speak. He speaks his truth. Uh, he's really honest about guys he played with and uh, gets him in trouble sometimes. Got him in KD. Yes. Yeah, Jason Tatum recently saying Tatum just wasn't playing hard, and Tatum called him up. He does work uh, for NBC Sports Boston up here as well. Uh, he's ascended. Uh, he he he's uh, somebody that ESPN promotes and. Pierce's status there has really been on the decline. And I just don't think he cared that much about it. Um, you know, he didn't, uh, he wasn't one of those great players who put in a, a, a ton of work in the, you know, their, their post-career job to, to, to master that the way they did uh, the sport during their playing days. And, um, it, you know, you can't say it's mutual because he did something that cost him his job, but uh, I, I would be surprised if he had any regret or remorse whatsoever about how it ended, other than the fact that, you know, he might have some family members mad at him. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the reality is uh, when you have that kind of money, as Paul Pierce does, I mean, you know, we're allowed to curse in this podcast. It's fuck you money, basically. And, you know, <laughs> if he if he if he gets whacked by ESPN, nothing's going to change. The guy's got generational wealth. And I have no doubt if he actually wants to stick around in doing media stuff, he'll either get his own podcast or he'll join. Uh, a place where like they're not going to blink um, if Paul Pierce is doing something like that. I want to stick on ESPN for a second um, because I want to talk to you guys about Alex Rodriguez, uh, who happens to be in the news today as we're taping this this morning. He and Jennifer Lopez, uh, co- I believe, co-issued a press release saying that they had uh, broken up. Uh, uh, you know, we wish those two 
kids luck as they head forward in their future relationships. Speak for um, yourself. Thank you. Uh, so, Jimmy, like, here's one thing that's kind of interesting to me. You know, when I was sort of uh, younger in the business, I guess I could sort of say, like, I think like these conflicts of interest bothered me a lot more. Like if, uh, and maybe conflict of interest is not the perfect thing here, but if like, you know, if the father of a broadcaster called like his or her daughter or son in a game, like that used to sort of bother me more. But now, like, I think because like things like that, uh, they're, they're just sort of done so many times, like stuff like that doesn't bother me. But I will say one thing that always did bother me when it, and, and certainly, um, in a sense still does when it came to Alex Rodriguez and, um, and ESPN and Fox to an extension is if you're pursuing ownership of a major league baseball team, which Alex Rodriguez was, and in Jessica Mendoza's case, same thing, if you're working for a, um, for a, uh, a team in the league that you are talking about, you are not working for me as a viewer. You're working either A, for the league, B, for that team, but C, let's be honest, for yourself. And so I've always sort of, at, ever since Alex Rodriguez was a uh, an analyst for an ESPN Sunday night game, I, I've never taken a word that guy says about the league Maybe seriously is not the wrong word, but like it, it's just irrelevant to me. I think I consider him a public relations apparatus of MLB. If he's talking about the X's and O's of a swing or something like that, I think I listen to him. I think he's an interesting broadcaster, but I, I, I can't take him seriously when he comes to sort of talking about larger issues in the game. I think he's an apologist for um, the league, but. Uh, but I don't know. I like, uh, you know, so on the one hand, like I'm okay with some conflict. And on the other hand, I'm like such a zealot for it. I sometimes feel a little bit like a, like a hypocrite on that. So where, where do you stand on this, Jimmy? And I know again, you're, you have your own sort of feelings about Ox Rodriguez cause you're a big, big Yankee fan, but, but how do you just sort of feel about that? Having a guy who's been on the air, who was for a long time, at least before the T-Wolves purchase, trying to basically buy a major league team. I literally have no idea what your question is. Really? All right, I'll go to chat. <laughs> hey, here, here's how I, I mean, I, I don't care about if he was trying to buy a team because, listen, if you're going to put an ex-player in the booth, it's hard to take any of them. So they're always going to defend the players. There's not going to be a ton of objectivity there. I think Alex Rodriguez defends the league more than the players, though, don't you? I don't know. I mean, maybe he feels like he has to kiss the league's ass since they let him get all these jobs after he got suspended for a year. But uh, my issue isn't the conflict of interest. My interest, my issue is it becoming a four hour Alex Rodriguez show. Yeah, well, that's true. I don't the, the conflict. Listen, if if fans, if viewers understood how much conflict of interest there is out there, it's all out there because yep, these guys working in the booth all have agents and they're they a, and the they're players. Yeah. Players. They're CAA. There's right. a CAA or WME guy. And the guy on the field is a exactly. CAA guy. Right. And they use them for sort, you know, they, there are, there are, there are play by play people who use GMs for, or, um, you know, managers as, as, as sources. And the, so it's all, uh, sort of, um, what was the word you used? Um, Conflicts of interest or whatever you want to yeah. call it. My issue right. is that on Sunday night, ESPN has zero interest in showing you the game. They want to give you three hours of A-Rod. And yeah. as I have said a million times, and I'll say it again, there is not one person in America who wants that. Chad, <laughs> uh, you know, you work for the Boston Globe, so you certainly understand my uh, my question here. Um, there are still, you know, there's a lot of people who still sort of, um, they're very hardcore, and I understand it, about the sort of the conflicts of interest, but Jimmy's certainly dead on. I mean, <laughs> if you went through, I don't have an agent, by the way, I don't know if you or Jimmy do, but if you went through the, um, the people who are in our business at very high levels, particularly on television, and you sort of, you know, you went through like what agency they worked for or where they were represented and then, you know, connected the people who are in their sport, who are part of the same agency, just a different part of that agency. I mean, you know, your head would spin. And so Jimmy's right in that, you know, in some sense, there's sort of conflicts everywhere and you just got to hope for the objectivity of the reporter or the, or the broadcaster. But me personally, like I, when Alex Rodriguez was pursuing the Mets, it, it just honestly felt absurd to me to have that guy in the air talking about baseball. But what's your take on it? 
Yeah, I mean, it was absurd to have Jessica Mendoza on when she was a I uh, agree. was her title consultant um, to the Mets. Uh, she should have been nowhere near Mets broadcasts or New York broadcasts or maybe even NL East broadcasts. You, you're, you're talking about the rivals uh, of that team. But um, it, my, my thing with A-Rod is I've, you know, we've had all these stories as he landed the Fox gig and got some positive uh, initial reaction about how he interacted in the uh, studio, you know, they had that successful studio four or five years ago, um, and it began this redemption story for him. And you know, a lot of features written about that. And um, I'm, I'm curious who the the people are who like him because I never hear from them. I, I, maybe it's being in Boston, but it, they're executives at Fox and ESPN. Yeah, okay. it's it's not the people they're trying to get to tune in, though. I I don't think. I mean, I, I want to know what the A Rod demographic is. Maybe it's the people who are. Looking at his Instagram feed today and seeing him with uh, Alex and Jen written in the sand with Coldplay playing <laughs> over it, but other than that, I I don't really know. Other than that, he's super famous and uh, relatively articulate. And um, don't you think, especially don't you think, especially in the case of Fox, they like the train wreck appeal of it. Sure, it's Pete Rose too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I yeah. think he's he. I think he's very. I actually think he's very good in the studio. I actually think studio. Uh, yes. No, no. But my I think four is, hours of Alex Rodriguez is the issue, Jimmy. No, no. I don't think my point. I is, think him in a panel. I think he's pretty good. My point is his before he got to the booth, he was his career was a train wreck. He. But he's but he's the opposite as an analyst. I think both in the studio and in the game situation, he's, he, if anything, you could maybe, oh, maybe you can call him too polished. He you says do, some you, goofy oh, stuff though. I mean, yeah, I, ta- I guess tactical I, things that make but he, no you, sense. I mean, do you, you don't, you, I mean, Jimmy, you don't consider, do you consider Alex Rodriguez like potentially sort of dangerous in a sense every time he's on air? I don't, I, I feel he's no. more vanilla well, to that, me but than that's, like Barkley. But, but that's the point. I mean, Chad mentioned Kendrick Perkins and Kendrick Perkins not being polished. As a viewer, that's interesting. Yeah, but a, he says, as a viewer, but he says interesting things. Like he says things that are a little bit dangerous, which I like, Kendrick. But as he a, might drop an MF sense. on you. Uh, well, yeah. no, I'm not even thinking dangerous <laughs> like that. I'm thinking dangerous in that it puts a show into situations where we don't expect, which I think is good TV. I, I'm just saying, as a viewer, I I am more drawn to and would rather watch someone not polished who's coming off as real. Than someone who's as polished at A-Rod and just comes off as probably the biggest phony you've ever seen on television. Well, yeah, I mean, again, we're, we're all in agreement here that uh, I, I, the ESPN, Fox, a lot of – I mean, you know, this is not just those guys, CBS, NBC. They're very star-driven. Um, they become – Chad, you know this from – both of us do from having talked to executives and seen this. They're, they're – they can become very enamored with yeah. celebrity and they become very enamored. There's a reason why like guys like Magic Johnson and others have been on the air and you know, never a good analyst, but there's they find value in name recognition because in theory you could sell that to media buyers. It's an easy way to market your product. And I think in Alex Rodriguez's case, you know, we're talking about one of the most famous players of the last thirty years. And I'm sure that was the thesis behind And you know why else put him on. But he's not but he's I he is not a good game analyst. Like that's just yeah, but, being honest. But but you know what Trump's being a good game analyst? We've just been 20 minutes talking about him. <laughs> well, there you go. So that this which is what ESPN wants. I right, agree. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much that translates to people uh, actually tuning in to no, watch him. No, it does him, not, but, but I think yeah. it gets Fox and ESPN excited, especially Fox, I think more than ESPN. I think I don't know. I mean, I would bet if you gave ESPN some truth serum, they probably would like to get out of the Alex Rodriguez business. But I want to hear the stories when he is done there. What from the the PR people that deal with him, from the uh, you know uh, you know Phil Orleans and and the, the behind the scenes people over there. Whether uh, it's yeah, as smooth I, sailing as they make it seem, I don't get the. I mean, I get. The, I I have no doubt Alex probably is trying to. You know, he he probably engineered as best he could to make it. Alex Rodriguez, solo analyst. But my sense is he's probably not a hard guy to work with for the behind-the-scenes people. We're always told how much he likes baseball. I think that's the most authentic thing about him. Yeah. The rest is but the it, question. Yeah, if you talk to even the Yankees beat writers over the years, they they would say he was a baseball geek and would go watch the package like late at night. I think that his love of the game is genuine. It's just all the, sh- the shit around it always feels... Um, 
Well, he made sure like he's right. He's, corru- he's sort of conducting a photo shoot of himself. He, and he made sure to get ESPN to hire his own play-by-play guy. That's correct. That was a package deal. And, you know, I know a lot of people like Vasquez, and I don't necessarily dislike him. I, he just wouldn't be my choice. I think whether it's Jason Benetti or Bukshambi, I mean, they or even Carl Ravage, they just had better guys than Vasquez in-house. And, and I always thought uh, they should have took one of those. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chad, we'll do this quick because I don't think Jimmy cares about this at all. (laughs) NHL package. You, you feel confident still that NBC is going to get the B package, or could we see a, a Fox or a Turner or, or someone else sort of sneak in here? I figured it was going to be like a week or two. What, so when, did I. Was, when was that? Uh, Mid March, right? That yeah. the ESPN stuff came down. And, you know, Batman, when he talked to all of us on the conference calls, made it sound like uh, it was still sort of up in the air and said some nice things about Fox, but you could also kind of read between the lines and, and realize they'd. They really don't want to lose that relationship that NBC and even going back to the Outdoor Life Network and Versus days uh, has been a really accommodating partner for them. And uh, I don't think they want to kind of leave them at the altar. But, um, you know, we don't really know how NBC feels about being the number two package and all the commitment they've made to the the, uh, NHL. And then all of a sudden, you know, we've got ESPN back in power like it's like it never left. Yeah, it's a good, it's good, it's interesting. I mean, I feel like Fox would be the 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 late player to come in, but then the question would be, can they can they fit that in into their inventory? I, I think hockey is a good sport, though to to have um, to have a foothold in Chad. I just, the demos are young. Um, it puts you into some interesting markets, and Seattle's coming, which I think will be a great uh, TV market. But yeah, I'm with you. If you're NBC. You're like, we've just carried this sport for how long we put so many millions of dollars into it. And now, you know, a, you know, a new, a new leading man comes on and, and yeah. the NHL goes with that. So I get it. Um, I still think NBC is going to eventually at the end of the day, get this, but I I'm with you. I am stunned that we have not had a, uh, we have not had a, uh, a signing yet. Uh, do you guys want to do anything quick on the regional sports channels and YouTube and, uh, and and Sinclair and and all the issues that so many baseball fans have around the country not getting games that they, that they they would like. Chad, if, before I go back to Jimmy, Chad, you've done a lot on this, I think, right? Yeah, because uh, you, YouTube dropped Nesson, uh back before. I guess it was back in November, which carries the Bruins and Red Sox up here, and uh, so I've constantly had to rewrite essentially the same story, saying nothing is happening. Um, yeah. YouTube dropped them because Nesson charges way too much per subscriber and wants to be on, uh, you know, all the top end tiers. And it's just not really worth it to YouTube TV, which has a huge following now to do that. Uh, what last I looked, it was over 3 million subscribers that they had. Um, and they dropped uh, 20 RCNs before the RSNs before they even dropped Nesson. So the writing was kind of on the wall there, but with baseball season starting up here, uh, it, this, we're through a whole new cycle of what am I going to do? I can't watch the Red Sox. I have YouTube TV and naturally they blame the network and some of it is their fault, but for the most part, it's just YouTube TV deciding the RCN, our RSN business at the rates they're charging isn't worthwhile to them anymore. Hmm. Jimmy, you have any thoughts on That's this? funny because a friend of mine frantically was texting me on opening day, freaking out because he had, I think he had Hulu TV. And they dropped the Yes Network. Yeah. And, and then Aye. someone else told me that YouTube TV had also dropped Yes Network. And, you know, he was asking me, like, what's going on? And I'm like, you know, no offense, but, you know, cut the shit and get cable. And, you know. <laughs> but you old, old guy doesn't want young guys to cut the cord. Well, I mean, well, this is why, because this is, I mean, listen, I understand it's a streaming world and everything's changing. And you mentioned hockey. And if you're a hockey fan, you better have ESPN Plus or you're going to be you know, basically out of luck in a big way, but you like, 
you're going to rely on them. There's going to be issues like, I mean, out of like, yes, you know, in, in all of my years on this earth, I think yes got dropped from the cable system one year or something like that. So right. If, and, and, you know, I didn't realize it was as deep as what Chad was saying with, uh, with 20 RSNs getting off YouTube TV and Hulu TV. It doesn't happen with cable. So, but it's caught, but the, the issue, Jimmy, as you know, in a lot of these markets is it's costly. Right? Yeah, but you, you still, but yeah. you, you, you got to pay, you got to, you got to pay three figures monthly and the likelihood is you're using like seven channels well like i don't right? listen, i don't want to i don't want to get into a whole into the weeds on this because i don't know enough about it but my friend who had this frantic experience trying to get the yankees told me that like his hulu t like he signed up for hulu tv because it was like i don't know 40 or 50 bucks a month and then it got raised to like 70 or 80 a month yeah so at that point you might as well just suck it up and get cable i mean well, that's how YouTube TV wrote people in. It was 35 bucks a month when we subscribed. It's up to 60 now. And uh, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. We had the other option for Nesson that was well, AT&T, which nobody really even knows about. And uh, Fubo, which is now $69.99 a month. And they added after YouTube TV dropped Nesson, they added a $5 sports channel fee to the, to the monthly bill so that you... You guys know this. I mean, it, it, I get if you you you're either paying a hundred fifty two hundred dollar cable bill, or yes, you're going to have to make some really serious decisions exactly. about what you want. Fubo doesn't have Turner. If you're if you're a Boston sports fan, you get, um, you know, Nesson. Uh, you get Fubo to watch the Red Sox and Bruins. Uh, you miss the NCAA tournament, and you're missing the NBA stuff right now. E everybody is just going to have to sit down and do their homework and prioritize things, and it sucks for the viewer. But the NHL example was the, the biggest confirmation of this with the, as Jimmy mentioned, the 75 uh, exclusive games on, on uh, ESPN plus wait until Nesson fans realize those games are the Bruins games are, are, are going to be on a subscription service. They don't have. Well, the, yeah, I mean, the, the, the reality is like, and both of you guys know this, like take for instance, soccer. If you're a soccer fan who really like wants to watch soccer globally, the, the cost that you are now going to have to, sort of shell out between ESPN plus, you know, Paramount plus, and then sort of, you know, figure whatever other streaming service might have, like whatever league you want. Um, it's very pricey. I understand. And it sort of gets back to what Jimmy's saying. We'll just get cable. Well, Jimmy, now at a certain point also, you can get cable, but if you don't have a certain streaming service, you still got to add the streaming service. Right. So the money that people are going to have to expend, if they are like hardcore sports fans, particularly of like what I would call a niche sport, is significant. Oh, absolutely! It's 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 a very it's going in a very it's not going it's in there now. It's, we're in a very bad situation with it, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, well, it's and yeah, again, it's only going to grow. I don't see it. I don't see reductions in no. price. If you're right. if you're the type of sports fan, and there's a decent amount out there. Who are hardcore into one or two sports, you're okay. But if you're that sports fan who's into everything and you want to watch, you know, MLB and golf and soccer and hockey, you're you're screwed. Right. Yeah, right. unless you unless you decide to either A, pay or B, pirate this stuff through <laughs> well, No, honestly, like pirate it through either like uh, your password to your parents or you know you go on whatever website that's going to send links around which obviously I think a lot of 20 somethings and 30 somethings do. I heard from a guy today who signed up uh, signed up for the FUBU free trial from eight different emails. So oh my he, God. he's gotten eight weeks worth out of it. The, the thing is, people always dreamed of like an, an a la carte option on cable where you could just get the sports channels you want and get rid of, you know, uh, uh, Hallmark Channel or whatever, yeah. whatever it is you're not watching. Well, it's a la carte now, except it's separate, separate streaming subscription fees every month and it gets out of hand really fast if you're a, a, a fan of um you know a lot of different sports because they're in a lot of different places now more than they've ever been yeah, like, see, yeah. it would be in an ideal world what we need is for for you to be able to pick what you want from cable you know right yeah, but they yeah. Will, right i don't they, they agree with you but I that's, don't, that's never gonna happen that right it's never gonna but I, I don't need 47 home shopping networks like get the, correct get those immediately off of my television and just give me you know what i need so but you know god forbid we ever get what we want well you're a sports fan but right. you know the non-sports fan would be like why do i have to pay but all that's this what money I'm saying. For everybody should be able to pick right. what i agree yeah. listen i'm i'm with a hundred percent i'm with you yeah Before history is written, 
It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, a couple more here, and then I'll let you guys uh, go. What did you, uh, Jimmy? What did you make of? Um, what do you make of? We've seen this now a couple times. Uh, High-profile personalities, in this case, Kirk Herbstreet, uh, being public with criticism about Dan Orlovsky. Oh. I actually like it. I actually like. I can't tell you how much I love that story. Well, <laughs> you you probably love it for the 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 the, the sort of the content. You know, so you can write about it yes. in the page views. I actually yeah. like it because it feels transparent and honest to me. Now I'm sure, you know, ESPN PR and ESPN right. executives were ticked off, but it is like like it's. I feel like in a way it's good to see because if Herb Street thinks that like Orlovsky putting that out there sort of plays upon bullshit tropes and stereotypes, I'm glad for him the called out i do understand this probably i guess the counter would be you know you're 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 part of the same organization you don't publicly call out uh your colleague you do that behind the scenes and i get that and i trust me i i i understand that i don't i'm not one who's ever been like to be called publicly on twitter from colleagues and it's happened but i don't know i i, I appreciate it in a way i appreciated herb street's transparency how did you see that a few things um Again, ties into Paul Pierce. Someone else at ESPN does that, they probably get a suspension. Kirk Herb Street is not going to get any sort of discipline for that. And you know ESPN was not happy about it because Kirk, Orlovsky, and ESPN were all quiet. There was not one word said about it. So that tells me that behind the scenes there was some shit going on. Number two, I think, listen, I had Marshan on my podcast and we discussed this. He had a really big problem with Herb Street calling out Orlovsky. I don't, I don't really have a huge problem with the coworker calling out the coworker. I think what hurts, what hurt Herb Street here a little bit is he comes off looking like a little bit of an Ohio state. Like if that, if Orlovsky's taken down Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if, Kirk is going to go on Twitter and tear into his, cause his son's played, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Um, And I also think, listen, this is, you know, it's a tough thing to say, but I sort of feel like Orlovsky's a guy who like step away from Twitter every for a few minutes every now and then. It wouldn't kill you. Right. Like yeah. he, as you know, Jimmy, a lot of times, <laughs> you know, both yeah. we talk, me and Jimmy talk about this a lot, sort of off uh, offline. Like Chad, so many times the explanation of you trying to explain what you did just kills you. It creates a second right. news cycle, and you're never going to win over the people who have already made their mind up. So you're just sort of perpetuating um, the cycle where the reality is, especially on a place like Twitter, like literally, if you're the story, eight hours from now, you're not the story. Right. If you just sort of hold on. Put your head down. Yeah. And when, what, what about you, Chad? How did you see that? When you make those apology ahead, videos, Jimmy. they're just so cringe. They're just <laughs> so cringe. Yeah, I mean, again, like I, 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 on the one hand, I empathize because you know nobody wants to be the story of the day on Twitter. We're all sort of trying to avoid that. I trust me, I get it. Um, but on the other hand, it never the the the, the explanation, <laughs> like if you put that in quotes, it never. It almost it's like ninety nine out of a hundred. But this is also where I mean, I think you and I may disagree on this a little bit. But I this is where I get into like you know. Twitter is not real life. Like, if we agree, if, it's, if, it's something. If Dan Orlovsky just put his phone away for about twelve hours, yes, he didn't have gone. to put his phone away. If he just didn't tap the Twitter app for twelve hours, it would all be gone and done with. But he's a guy who, you know, I guess you know, he his part of his whole gross word coming up brand brands is like tweeting and tweeting, <laughs> and tweeting and tweeting and tweeting. But like sometimes you just gotta like don't go on Twitter for 12 hours and your life will be a lot better. But Yeah, and again, listen, I, I as someone who's on that service way too much and puts way too much stock oh, into you it, definitely I'm, not, are. I'm not being Absolutely. a hypocrite here. Well, as you do, Jimmy. I'm not, not going to be a hypocrite. Richard, listen, Jimmy. All right, uh, let's go. All right, go let, uh, I'll look something up. And you Jimmy, your me. brand is the guy who says he's not right, so see. online. Let's that's kind of your brand. <laughs> no, it's not. So that's what you're kind of playing right now. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. This Get is me. a work from you, Jimmy. Go ahead, bring up the next topic. Jimmy, Jimmy, it's a podcast. You can't like go into your files or something like that. <laughs> sure, and tell Jim. us to wait. You're the host. Chad, Just keep moving. He's it on along. Twitter. You're, you're yeah, the host. Move it along. 
Chad, uh, you got a take on this about uh, ESPN on ESPN crime? I, I was, I'm with Jimmy. Well, crime isn't even the right word because I think Herb Street had every right to say what he said. It's the crime's well, a bad choice by me. Well, I'm with Jimmy on. I, I thought about whether Herb Street would have done that if we're a Michigan quarterback coming into the league, but that, that that's probably not fair to him because he's proven proven credible even with his allegiances uh, for a long time now. Uh, I think Orlovsky's biggest mistake was generalizing. You can't do that anymore, especially 100%, 100%. in matters of uh, race in particular, but. Uh, you know, he, he basically said that scouts had told him uh, question fields his work ethic to him and there were no specifics there. And you got to be specific. You got to have an example of him coming in late, uh, coming in two hours before kickoff for a big game or, or not staying to watch film when, you know, the coach, uh, his position coach asked him to or things like that. And uh, uh, especially nowadays, I, I, I Twitter is not real life, but it has real consequences sometimes, more now than ever. I'm not a cancel culture believer, uh, but there's consequence culture. And uh, if if you screw up and you screw up on Twitter and it's uh, something everybody sees and people with with, uh, authority over you see, uh, it can have a significant effect on your career. Orlovsky is pretty fortunate that he's so well regarded at ESPN. Otherwise, he probably... Would have been facing a suspension, if not the uh, probably not the full Paul Pierce punishment, but uh, uh, would have been off the air for a little while. And, and keep in mind, those comments by Orlovsky came on the Pat McAfee show, which just was a whole yes, whole yeah, right, right. sort of whole other subtext. Well, yeah. there's two things real quick on that. One, um, yeah, I feel like Orlovsky has to know better. He's a smart enough guy to understand the history, particularly when it comes to uh, player draft picks of color who get the whole tag like you know not doesn't have a motor not a work ethic you know so much of that shit was like based in like uh racism so at he's that gotta position know. in particular at quarterback right. he's got he's got to know the history of that one to me and then two the other thing is and i actually think this was good i saw so many like college football types and experts including even like my colleague bruce feldman basically just sort of come out and say like here i've covered the sport for this long and here's like what these people are saying about Justin Fields. By the way, I don't know anything about Justin Fields. Like I, I just I know what I see on the field. The guy looks like he's gonna be a terrific quarterback. But it was cool to see like the people like within the sport sort of be like, hey, like I've covered this guy, I've talked to this guy, I cover this program and um and here's what they have to say. Can I just um, can I just put a bow on this ahead, real Jim. quick and don't edit this out. <laughs> James Trainer, seventy five thousand tweets, Richard Deitch Two hundred and six thousand. Well, I don't, but I don't I delete my, my tweets. I re- I, well, Jimmy, how, I you know, again, I rest my case. again, I'm I saying it's. Case. First of all, we don't know if you've deleted it. Secondly, I've been on you know Twitter since two thousand eight or whatever two thousand nine. Yeah. yeah, it's too many tweets. I I, I would never disagree <laughs> with you on that. Unquestionable. <laughs> Both of us should be in an institution. It was you, Shaq, and Ashton seven, Kutcher at the beginning. Yeah, seventy five k is not a good number either. I totally Jimmy. agree. All right, all right. Well, finally, we're in agreement. It's an embarrassment. No, I also like, to, unlike you, I like to respond to people. I, you know, I say hi. That, but that's my point. Sometimes yeah, you got a big mistake. Trust me, I'm with you. You I don't respond to people. I try not to. Oh, I like I would, that. I, I would check myself. <laughs> I, 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 I should. I, if I just to be clear, so I don't come off as a total asshole, I will respond to Too people. Late. Yeah, that's probably true. I I don't respond to people usually when it comes to sports stuff because sports fans are certifiably insane and like i'm not gonna argue with someone about like dj lemay who's yankees third yeah, dj lemay who's war <laughs> but like if someone tweets me about like curb enthusiasm then i will respond and have like some conversation all right fair enough good to good to good to know yes yeah. i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, last uh, – well, this has been a very heavy ESPN show, but what are you going to do? Last one here. Um, Chad, I'll start with you. Levitard and uh, John Skipper uh, got uh, nearly $13 million in Series A funding, uh, which I think uh, – you know, I'm not a business expert, but obviously that's, you know, that's a nice chunk of change from some people who are making the investment. That would mean that they will be able to um, bring on some talent 
and create whatever they're going to create. What you know? What do you, what do you make of uh, Meadowlark Media? Um, the flagship, of course, is going to be the Lebertard audio show. I wouldn't call it a radio show, but the sort of the audio product. And they should be able to make money on that. I mean, we see the numbers and the dollars that a guy like Simmons uh, can make with his individual podcast. But then the question after that is, um, what kind of talent can they attract? And, you know, is there, uh, is there a market for them to sort of do some of these projects and then sell some of these projects uh, elsewhere? I have to admit, I was a little surprised because he, he struck me as a guy who uh, more wanted to hang out with his friends and have a good time and put together the kind of content they wanted to put together than um, being anybody with a, a really strong business sense to go forward with something like this. Simmons always, uh, and I, I think that's probably the ideal for what Levitard has in mind is the success that Simmons has had, uh, you know, Metal Arc and Grantland and all the similarities, even with the naming. Um, Simmons always had that in mind. He was always uh, thinking forward to, uh, you know, what the what the next area of content could be that would uh, be profitable and successful. And uh, you know, he was a. There's probably a, a element of people right now that don't even know he was a writer that listened to his podcasts. And, and right. uh, uh, maybe Levitard is in in that shift. I guess probably Skipper's the the one with more of the business sense. But I'm really curious to see. Um, you know, what happens when some of the contracts come up with the people who are best associated with him at ESPN? Yeah, like the Bomani Joneses and Katie. Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah, even Katie Mina, Nolan, though, you know, Pablo Torre. Yeah. Mina's as big a star probably as they have right now, but I think she'll stay. At e- I mean, I, yeah. yeah, Mina's, Mina's obviously, uh, Mina Combs is obviously, um, you know, really for ESPN sort of probably about as, uh, well-liked a person sort of internally by, uh, the executives and she's moved to football. Good for her. I mean, I think she'd probably, I mean, I, you know, I've never asked her this. My sense would be like, while she would love to work with the Lebertard crew, I, I think she should try to milk as much money out of ESPN as long as she can. I, I mean, think that, it's a little too narrow for where she is right now, you know, where yeah. she's made everything she's been on there better. Um, yeah. So, but Jimmy, let me ask you this, because this is kind of interesting to me with the metal arc, and this is a little bit of your world. One of the, one of the things that has been a driver in some of these new companies and, 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 you know, the SPACs are always trying to go to get involved in this is gambling is, uh, sports gambling. It doesn't look like metal arc media is going to head into that, uh, area. And so, you know, the one place where it seems like everybody thinks that they can eventually cash out on a gold rush is via some kind of gambling connection, even if the gambling connection is lame. Um, how did you, how do you, so how, one, how do you see Metal Arc Media? Are you interested in? And two, you know, what's your sense with just whole, all these places that are um, seemingly interested in any kind of gambling content? We just saw the, the, the VSIN sell for big money. You know, Barstool obviously uh, did their deal with Penn National. You know, at the moment, it seems like that's where the gold rush is. I'm sure the gold rush will end. That's where it seems like the rush is right now. Well, I, here's, you know, I know that one of your pet peeves um, is when people say the media, the media. And, yeah, and, I don't like that. Yeah, that's and that's sort of what the gambling thing is for me. Um, I don't think gambling content in terms of like, uh, experts and picks and what to bet. I don't think that stuff's resonating at all. I think where metal art can make money and any sports media company can make money is, and we, like, I mean, I don't know how I, I'd be curious to hear what Chad says about um, the radio stations there, EEI and, and, and sports hub WFAN here in New York is 24 hours of gambling advertisements. <laughs> I mean, every single commercial on WFAN is, for some sort of book and anything that has, you know, daily fantasy, this, that, and the other thing, that's where people can make money. I mean, that's yeah. where the, so I think metal arc, I mean, I think it would be foolish to just, you know, say, Oh, but, that, but that's who will sponsor podcasts for sure. Right. Right. right of yeah. course. Um, and you know, this, like you, you mentioned, uh, this and this partnerships you could do. So I think, I could see, you know, I would assume Metalock's going to go in that direction more than having like a column from someone saying like, here are my four baseball bets for tonight, which right. nobody cares about. So Chad, that's interesting with Jimmy. So Jimmy just brought up something. And I think he's actually, I can't believe it, Jimmy. It's painful for me to say, but I think he's dead on here. Is that uh, the, the gambling, the, 
the you know the DraftKings or whatever. If you have an interest in that world, you you don't necessarily have to sponsor like you know. Here's my analysis of these games, and here I would pick. It's you just want to be connected to sports content in a in a sense. You know, I I think that's probably. Not that I want to mention him on this podcast, but I guess I will. Like the Action Network brought Rovell in, not because he's like some kind of great <laughs> handicapper, right? But he, but he he brought two million followers. If you know, all our Twitter numbers are a little off, but you know what I'm saying. So I guess if you're these companies, Chad, you're, um, you know, you're tr- you're trying to just find an audience, right? To to push your product, not necessarily finding the product that is going to be heavy into sports gambling. Yeah, I mean, uh, up here, it, it it's infiltrated everything. Um, there are, are, are clearly paid shows on the weekends in the morning that uh, yep. are, are are strictly gambling oriented. Um, there's a there's a sports host on WEI up here at night who's always been very gambling centric anyway, but uh, he's got the clearly as a go ahead to talk more and more about that. And I, I personally, I mean, I'm not a gambler. I would be if I if, if my wife would give me some money to do it, but uh, I'm not, and I find it unlistenable. It, it just—I don't care what you think about the uh, the point spread on the Patriots Colts game Sunday. I just—how uh, do I know how much money you're making? It has to. How do I know what your record is? And it, it, it's to me, it's more. Um, it gets me to turn the radio off quicker than uh, you know normal sports radio. Fire Belichick, uh, fire Danny Ainge, uh, all of that stuff uh, normally would. And I don't know how sustainable it is in terms of content. I think obviously it's bringing uh, money in the you know in the windows uh, as a uh, resource for for financial uh, gain that they didn't have before. Other than you know all the other all the ED ads and Fox News ads, we also get up here. Yeah, so Jimmy, this is so I want to ask you this because you're obviously the biggest gambler between me, Chad, uh, and you. Um, I actually find like what David Payne Purdom does. He's the guy who basically covers sports gambling for ESPN. Like fascinating. Like I love that stuff. It's so interesting to me. Like how the people come up with the odds on a certain game. Like what like the smart marks or the you know the the money crowd is betting on. Like I think that's really interesting. Um, I'm with Chad. I, like, unless it's like a personality I really like, I don't need somebody to go through an entire NFL sheet and tell me who they're betting on. But like, I personally think that's interesting. Like, I think that content is interesting, even though I'm not a big gambler. But you are the one guy who I know bets. So, like, do you? Is there a market for this, or is the market already existing and you're just catering to the people who who are already betting? First of all, my my under eight in the. Marlins Braves game right now is not looking good. Three, two Marlins in the fifth. So yeah, um, a lot of time though. No, no, I, I I like all I'm with you. I don't, I like a pick segment. If the people doing it, like Mike, the you remember this, Richard, Mike, yeah, yeah, they they were very good at that. That's the gold standard. Yeah, right. Friday's five o'clock, you know, Simmons does his thing where he guesses the lines. That stuff is fine. But like, like Chad said, just a guy breaking down his picks. no, No one is interested in that, but the business, like you said, Richard, the business of it is pretty interesting. I'm not. I find it really interesting. Yeah, I'm not into like when you know they do the like, oh, better just place five billion dollars on it. like that. I don't care about. But in terms of you know, I'm fascinated by the fact that with the legalized gambling in states, Jersey is making more money than any the other. Vegas, state. totally crazy, ama- f- totally fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I love that guy. That that he's been on our radio show in Toronto. I think that guy is such an asset to ESPN. Yeah. Probably an undervalued asset, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I think that stuff is uh, really... Ach- I will say this, though. Um, and, I, and let me just say this, go too. Okay. Go. I mean, and again, it's the... What Van Pelt does with bad beats, even if you don't gamble... Is great. It's so entertaining. I agree. You know, so really. it's... it's uh, you still have to have the person driving the content to make it entertaining. Yeah, the, the one thing that I think, Chad, is very clear um, is that there are going to be people who cash out on this, like who just, who, whose companies are bought because of this. I think there'll be people who make some good money because their podcasts and other stuffs are sponsored. And then I think like the rush is going to end. So if you can get in on it now or, or whatever, like, I think you can make a mint, but, but that will end. And I like it in a weird way to when Simmons sold his business to Spotify, like, you know, the time it's not his plea and plan this, but the timing of it was like a month before the pandemic or something yeah, like that, right. or two months. Right. Like you, that deal would never have happened after that. I don't think. Um, so I think if you can, you know, if you're a company now that like has this kind of 
content, you know, you probably should try to sell as fast as possible because I do wonder in two years from now if there's it is still going to be this uh, gold rush for it. But maybe there will be. I mean, maybe if like, I don't know, your traditional NFL or NBA game, we start seeing more gambling content or lines on the game. Maybe, well, you get, it, it, maybe it, that brings more people in. It's only going to get bigger because right there are, you know, less than half the states have it legal. Right yeah, I know. So, yeah, I know. It's going to get yeah. super saturated. Like It's kind of yeah. like podcasts themselves where if you – if you've had one for a while and you built up your audience over time, you're you're probably in a you're great shape. But spot. if you start new, don't really, don't even bother right now. Um, oh, trust yeah. me, I know. Listen, Chad, I had the Sports <laughs> Illustrated Media podcast and I had to start oh, a whole goddamn new audience. Yeah, train, that wasn't deliberate. I'm sorry, Jim. Help build that thing up so training can get rich. And now you um, and now you won't come on. That's true. <laughs> Man's got to have uh, principles. All right, so well, I will say one last thing on this. Just it's my own entertainment. You know, Jimmy, that. Um, Canada does not have sports gambling yet, but there's a lot of bills in uh, in federal government for this to happen. So this, uh, to Chad's point, like if and when this happens, and I imagine it will, there'll be a gold rush up here. So I guess there are still a lot of markets where like there's a lot of money to be um, flooded. It does make me think, you know, like should every website, you know, whether it's The Athletic, The Boston Globe, S Sports Illustrated, like should we all have some gambling section or does that just become nothing more than, you know, everybody's just trying to grab some money and, and three years from now it's, you know, it goes away. Yeah. From what I understand, we're trying to figure out a way to, to, to do that. Uh, You know, we've, we've done the standard thing, which is run a football picks column on Sunday for forever, you know, but um, I think you're wise to figure out a way to maximize it, but you better do it pretty fast. It, it, it's not it's not going away it, it's yeah no i know you know so and it, it the, what's going to be a big driver in all this is you know goodell sort of opened it up a little bit that the nfl may be you know coming into the 21st century here with all this so if the nfl starts acknowledging all of this it, it's there's no turning back it's it's full steam ahead yeah, I mean, maybe you know what? Maybe I'm under, maybe I'm undervaluing it. Maybe, maybe I think it's a gold rush that not necessarily is going to end, but it feels like a housing market bubble. But I don't know. You know what? I see these prices on NFTs, and I'm like, have I lost my mind? And maybe that, <laughs> and maybe like that's the beginning of a. Yeah, I still don't know what that thing. is. So, I kind of understand it, and like it's sort of I, I understand sort of it's very similar to art in sort of owning a unique thing, but it is some of the feels numbers. very easily manipulated. Like well, not a, just that, Chad. Like the the initial numbers on it are just like yeah. fantasy land. You yeah. know, I I remember uh, Jimmy. I don't think you were working in Sports Illustrated then, but there was a time when Tiger the the people thought that the the Sports Illustrated for kids had the the first Tiger Woods rookie card. Like SI for kids way back in the '90s had like trading cards that they put in the middle of the magazine, and they had Tiger when he just started. And like there was a time when like I remember somebody bid like five somebody like sold it for five hundred thousand dollars like an, an insane amount of money and now today you know I'm, maybe it's worth a thousand dollars or something at five hundred so you know you wonder if like we're at the beginning of the market and the and people are just sort of losing their mind because it's the beginning and uh, and will it head up but but I don't know it's all interesting is there anything else guys you want to cover before I let you go you've 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 granted me over fifty minutes of your time and I appreciate it I just. Got to- Two hundred and six thousand tweets to seventy five thousand. Uh, you <laughs> got that in. I'm sure. I have know, to say, I will say this: your buddies I, at Sports Illustrated, former and current, will be happy about that shot. I'll say this: I was very surprised yesterday to, on uh, Wednesday when I right. went to Twitter and I asked people for their favorite sports quote of all time, and you gave me a great one from, of course, the legendary Dusty Rhodes. But I was shocked you didn't go Roddy Piper. What was the mindset there? <laughs> uh you know, I mean, the Piper one, you certainly would have to consider, like, uh, you don't throw rocks at a man with a machine gun, right? Uh, My favorite you Piper. You say I'm insane. I, th- 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 I say yeah. you, you call me insane or whatever it is. I, th- I say right. thank you very much. I think I think Dusty's promo for Starcade is probably the greatest promo of all time. I, I know that's an easy mm-hmm. answer, but um, as great as The Rock is, as great as Stone Cold is, and Flair had his... But don't you think, Jimmy, if, if something that sort of symbolizes everything about professional wrestling, a professional wrestling promo that sort of brings you into real life and then back into wrestling. It's that promo. That's what I mean, listen, it's a great promo. I'd I'd have to sit here and think about like where it ranks. The great promos of all time. Uh, Like, you know, a lot of people like the CM Punk 
promo when he's sitting on the ground yes. with Cena and they fake cut the mic. I, I, a- I know you just had him on on this podcast, but I my favorite probably was the Heyman one with Vince. Oh, um, when he said the ECW one, you destroyed ECW. Yeah, and he brings that, up Vince's dad, and yeah, that, I mean yeah. that's that's like a six minute promo. That's amazing. Right. That's yeah. just a different. But I feel as great. And listen, you know I love Heyman. I mean, if, if he's listening to this, which I'm sure he's not. Shout out to you, Paul. But Jimmy, I feel like that's almost a storyline promo more than a straight promo. Fair, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, like he's ad libbing yeah. that. But yes, I mean in terms of oh, there's that great. That's the greatest promo ever put on Vince McMahon. I unquestionably right. Uh, Chad, you don't follow any of this stuff, right? So this is uh, just trying to figure out how many times I've tweeted, and I can tell you it's zero times about wrestling. Yeah, we'll say this by the way. For, you know, it's for, for the for the, I know people don't like it when I talk about wrestling. It's becoming like trainers podcast. <laughs> but next year, next year the WrestleMania thirty, whatever it was thirty eight, it's in Dallas. Uh, they actually, I feel like, might have a shot. Let, knock on wood. Let's hope COVID is, if it's not over, at least we sort of have some normalcy again. Um, they could get a hundred thousand both nights, Jimmy. I, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't even think it's a question. I think they absolutely will. That, but, but that's a lot of tickets. There's no. Like, I, I'm saying it's not a guarantee. I'm saying it's a possibility. Well, I'm saying it's a guarantee. There is. You no, have to then bring back Rock, uh, Becky. Well, that first, you have to. Every everybody's got to be Cena. Every star has got to be there to do two nights. The main event of that WrestleMania is going to be The Rock against Roman Reigns. I agree. And they will do a hundred thousand because there is nobody, nobody that does marketing better than WWE. They will. I will say this, Jimmy. I, it, it pains me to do this, but you have a very good rapport with Roman Reigns. I've enjoyed when Thank he's you. been on the podcast. I appreciate that. He likes, he clearly likes you and I feel like he gives you a little, well, don't he, you feel he gives you a little bit more yeah, than he it, well, would it, almost anybody else? I feel like it's with Heyman and me. I feel like Heyman's willing to, <laughs> Heyman's willing to drop kayfabe with me. I feel like Roman's willing to do that with well, you. Well, it, it was Roman who said to me when I had him on the last time where I had, I had asked him about main eventing WrestleMania with The Rock. And he basically, he didn't want to come out and directly say it, but he said it in a roundabout way, which was easy to figure out. Like, we're not going to do it this year in the middle of right. COVID when we're only going to have, uh, you know, half of 25,000. Right. When the next yeah. year is basically Jerry World with 100,000. So I was like, ah, that makes sense. You know, because yeah. there was no, you talk s- that it would happen this year. I hope you bring him back on. You guys, he's yeah, good with you. Uh, I, I'd love to have him on. I, th- I find him to be... I think he's a good guy great. and he's a great performer. I, I like him because he's a great guy. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Seems like a good guy. All right, Chad, anything you want to promote before we, we get out of here? Speaking of wrestling. Um, no, I have a piece coming up on uh, Wide World of Sports and uh, appealing wow. to our over 70 demo, I guess, that remembers Jim <laughs> McKay. But, uh, Love that. That'll be out pretty soon. What's next, Chad? Bowling for dollars feature? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a great idea, actually. I'm, I'm full-time on the nostalgia beat around here. Paul Verne Lundquist up. He'll give you some good did, stories did, about Bowling. I felt like in the beginning of the pandemic, I was all about the, like, I, the nostalgia. I wanted to watch the, the baseball bunch with Johnny Bench. I wanted Bring back all the old stuff. That, that, that was me at the beginning of the pandemic. I, I, yeah. Well, if you remember, the beginning of pandemic, yeah. they were showing a lot of old games, which was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, at, but you know, there was a certain point I was watching German Bundesliga. I was just so happy to get anything live. Uh, so Korean baseball. Yeah, Korean baseball, exactly. All right, Jimmy Train, of course, is the uh, he's the host of the Sports Media Podcast. Sports and, Illustrated. Wait a minute, no, he's not. Jimmy Train is the host of the Sports Illustrated yeah. po- Media Podcast. Chad Finn is a sports media writer for the Boston Globe. Oh, look at we'll leave that in too, Jimmy. I'm not going to edit that out. Jimmy, Chad, thank you very much for giving me your time. Continued success. Best of health. Thank you for joining me today on the Sports Media Podcast. Thank you. Take Appreciate care, guys. Take care, Chad. All right. Back in the studio, my thanks to uh, Jimmy and Chad for an interesting sports media discussion. If you like these kind of podcasts, and I hope you do, if you've... Uh, gotten to this part of the podcast you likely do head back to the uh, sports media with richard Dyer archives and hopefully you'll see something you like um previous podcast before this was paul Heyman going behind the scenes on wrestlemania and the wwe uh, a lot of people seem to like that prior to that nfl network reporter stacy dales and espn mlb reporter marley rivera and prior to that uh, james andrew miller and anthony Krupe on the nfl's new media deals so uh, a lot of the stuff I feel like if you're into media still holds up so head back to the archives if you like it uh, please give us a five-star review and a nice note that's how this podcast uh, remains it does have uh, does have certainly value for the podcast company I am working with 
Uh, thanks, as always, to uh, Patrick. Thanks to Bob for putting this together. Thanks uh, to, uh, to everybody who uh, continues to listen and to continues to support this podcast as we're heading towards uh, episode 150 after the long run at Sports Illustrated. Once again, thank you very much, and we'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.